Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. Do not forget to buy lentils, or the lentil soup you're making for dinner will be sorely lacking. By the way, Mrs. Calloway says thanks for helping her bundle home and auto. She appreciates the extra savings, even though you kept using the word apropos incorrectly. But the main thing is do not forget to buy, uh, what was it? Something apropos, the lentil soup. Sorry, I'll call you back. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Locked On NBA. The Scout is the guest today. He'll break down a little bit of all of the eight playoff series and give his insight of what he's seeing. What's happened to Boston? Is Cleveland's defense a real issue? Jazz Clippers look as well as the Warriors rolling over Portland. We'll take a look at all the series quickly for you today on Locked on NBA. I'm David Locke, host of Locked on NBA, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, founder of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have you found your Locked on Podcast your favorite team's daily podcast out there. Make sure you subscribe, and when big news happens, go to the local angle and get the inside scoop. The playoff coverage has been remarkable. Fred Katz today on Locked on Thunder is great. Uh, Eric and Frank are doing a great job with Locked on Bucks, getting ready for their big game. So for all the inside scoop on the playoffs, make sure you go grab your Locked on podcast across the board of all the teams taking place. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. That's our title sponsor of Locked on NBA. We thank SeatGeek for their ongoing support of the show and the network. Have you downloaded your SeatGeek app yet? All you have to do is go to your Android or Apple phone, download the SeatGeek app, and then whenever you want to go to an event, be it an NBA game, some sort of football game next year, some theater event, some rock concert this summer, some whatever it is, you go find the event, whatever city, and you look, and they compile all of the tickets from all around in one spot for you, right there on your phone. That's what's so fabulous. And then the second step along the way is they give every ticket a ticket score for you. And so you can, if you don't know the venue, they'll give you a good idea of what the best prices for you are on each of the tickets that are out there, which has got the best ticket score, gives you the best deal. Finally... It's all guaranteed, it's all secure, it's right on your phone, and it's a great way to go buy your tickets to upcoming events. Use the promo code LOCKED and you get $20 rebate sent to you after your first purchase. So download the SeatGeek app right now, go to the settings tab, promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-D, and you get $20 back for you. Thanks to all of our regular sponsors as well, but from here, we're going to let this baby roll. Me and the Scout, talking NBA playoffs here on Locked on NBA, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Well, Scout, let's just start with big picture. Is there anything that's jumped out to you enormously, like as you watch the playoffs? Is there anything that is any trend, anything through the opening two games of every series that you say, hey, this is going on? Um, I think the surgence of Chicago is interesting. Um, I think Cleveland playing like they kind of finished the year as, um, and just barely scooting by has been interesting. And um, the Jazz stealing that game from the Clippers was big in game one. And um, I think Portland 
is playing uphill, I think Golden State's pretty good. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> I, 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 the defense has just been – I mean, that's a good, really, really good offensive team that they're playing right now. And Portland looks like they can't score. Well, actually, they can't. I mean, it's not that they look that way. I think their offensive ratings in the eight is like in the eighties or nineties for the playoffs so far. Yes, yeah, I uh, never would have said at the beginning of the year that Yusuf Nurkic is going to be a difference maker, but I think he can be um, when he comes back. So that'll be interesting. And then Spurs flying under the radar. Uh, fortunate for them, Tony Allen's not playing, but he's not. Can make a big difference. Uh, they're they're playing at a very high level, very efficient. The uh, the Warriors' brilliance right now, everything we ever anticipated that they might be. Um, their offense is actually, you know, their defense has probably carried them more than their offense. Are they are they clicking at the level where? when they first got put together and we all said, oh my gosh, this is what they're going to be? Or or do you think as they face different teams, that may be, that may temper down a little bit? It'll be interesting to see. They played their best game when Durant didn't play, right? Um, they played some of their best basketball when Durant didn't play this year. So that part is still, um, I think, something to be seen. Uh, I think, they are playing very efficiently, and some of their guys um, coming off the bench are playing with a lot of confidence. So um, I think they're a pretty powerful team right now. I think it's uh, it may not be the, you know, they're going to win 75 games like it was when they first got Durant, but um, I think they're going to have a good chance uh, if they can get by the Spurs to to win the whole thing. Let's go over to Cleveland, then we'll get to that Chicago-Boston uh, series, which is so fascinating. So Cleveland still has not defended yet. Their defensive rating in two games is 115.3. Le- Just so people understand that, league average is like 105. The best team in the NBA's offense was this year, I think, during the regular season, uh, was the Warriors, and they're at 113. Uh, the worst was Philadelphia at 100. The best defense was San Antonio at 100. The worst defense was the Lakers at 110. So in the playoffs, for all the talk that the Cleveland Cavaliers will just suddenly flip the switch... They're they're allowing 115 points per 100 possessions. That's that's worse than by a lot than what the Lakers were during the regular season. I know it's two games, but it's two games at home. Is this a sign that they're not capable of flipping that defensive switch? I think there's some disconnect there right now with their group. Like you see that as you're watching the games, and um, I don't think they can. They're going to flip the switch. You know, I'm waiting for the <clears throat> the usual yearly JR breakout game where he hits eight threes and takes off a shirt and runs around. Everybody's excited and happy and moving on. But he, we haven't seen that yet. Um, he's kind of been the unfocused JR Smith, and they kind of need him to be the complete team. Uh, some when you have Corver out there and and Love out there, then defensively you're going to be at a deficit to begin with and Kyrie plays for steals uh read an interesting article today about the lag effect and guys who are the last ones to cross half court 
from an offensive to defensive standpoint, and Kyrie and LeBron are in the top ten. And um, it's kind of interesting to to read that article that was on uh, five thirty eight. But um, Tristan Thompson has come back and and helped. You know, he's kept balls alive and he's blocked shots. But I got a chance to watch them play twice live during the last uh, two weeks of the season. And you can definitely tell there's some uh, uneasiness there. There's not a togetherness there with that group. And I think there's some, uh, there's some lack of focus. And then usually as that has happened in the past with LeBron, then he gets into a passive aggressive blame game on the sideline and, uh, you can kind of see that boiling over and, you know, um, it's kind of interesting to watch, but I, I, if I had to make one bet, it would be that the Cavaliers are not going to win the world championship. I'll go out on the limb. How about the Eastern Conference? I think that's still a possibility because I think the other teams are kind of mediocre. I mean, I, no one else is stood out like um, Washington has been the most impressive probably of anyone at this stage, the way they played out. I think Atlanta's flawed and they've kind of shown that throughout the year, but um, Washington's played with a physicality and they're healthy and they're playing with some confidence. I don't think they're a very deep team, which is going to be a huge issue in a seven game series with Cleveland or, Toronto or um, so that would be a concern, but they seem to be playing pretty well right now. Yeah. I mean, they got serious foul trouble last night that really restricted them. And when their starters are on the floor in that game, I think they were plus 15. Uh, that starting five Washington has is really, really good. Yeah. You know, Gortat doesn't get much love um, around the league and it's easy to dislike him, but he has, he definitely has Dwight Howard in his bag. Um, so I think that's always good. But he does a great job of catching the ball on the roll and catching uh, at the dots and being able to score a little floater, getting all the way to the rim. And and Wall seems to really trust him and Beal, and they get the ball to him. And uh, I think the job Morris has done on Paul Millsap has been – uh, very good at this point. All right, let's go to Boston, Chicago. That is obviously the most interesting series we have right now with the stunning kind of uh, Chicago 106-102 win and then the blowout 111-97 win. What what are you seeing that's going on in this series? Um, you're seeing a renewed Rajon Rondo who is playing well. Uh, you're seeing a fresh Dwayne Wade who hasn't played, you know, for a month and a half or whatever it's been. And they made their run at the end to make the playoffs without him. But now he's fresh. Uh, Jimmy Butler hasn't had a, a breakout game yet. I mean, he, he played well in game one, obviously, but, um, and is really good. He keeps pressure on those guys because Crowder can't bully him so much as he can some of the other guys that he might play against. But 
with those three healthy, Miritich has been on a roll lately uh, over the last month and a half or so, shooting the ball really well, and that's helped open things up. Um, but I, watching the game and um, having seen Rondo a long time, it appears that Fred has kind of given him the reins. You see him with the team a lot on his own. And obviously this is a personal series for him going against Boston. Um, so from the Bulls' perspective, Robin Lopez is, has been making shots. He shot the ball really well from, you know, the elbows this year and even out a little bit further. But he's been consistent. So that's put a lot of pressure on the Boston bigs. But um, I think there's – Kind of uh, in comparing Golden State, maybe you look at Boston when they played their best was when Avery Bradley was out or when Isaiah Thomas was out and there weren't guys having to all share the ball and get their shots. And that same disconnect that we talked about before is kind of there with Boston right now. <clears throat> Excuse me, the um, Isaiah's really, really looking for a shot. You know, the other night he got upset at Marcus Smart and they showed that on TV where, you know, he yelled at him because he didn't get back at the other end. And um, Isaiah, the next four possessions, had an open Marcus Smart and did not pass the ball to him. It just uh, literally did not. And the one, the fifth time when he did throw it, he jumped up in the air and there was nobody else to throw it to and he, and he threw it to Smart. So there's a lot of uh, hard heads in that group. And I think they're working against each other right now. And then the great Brad Stevens, who everyone loves and is the nicest guy in the world, is 2-10 and in the playoffs. So there's something there, whether um, there are coaches that people have talked about in the past that aren't good in playoff situation, but a great regular season. Um, So maybe he falls in that category. We'll see until he proves differently. But um, like I said, I think there's a disconnect. And then I don't think Boston's been shooting it extremely well from the perimeter, which has put a lot of pressure on the other guys. Is there anything in their system that you would kind of naturally say, you know what, that's a regular season thing that doesn't parlay to the uh, postseason? Um, I don't know about that as much as just rotations of players. And um, it doesn't seem like they have a real comfortable rotation going on right now. And, you know, there's long stretches where Horford's not in the game, and that happened during the regular season as well. But there's long stretches where he's not in the game, and he needs to be – he's the guy who, you know, they brought in, paid a lot of money to. He needs to be a bigger factor, I think, in that. But he doesn't get a lot of touches. Um, Isaiah gets the ball up a lot. And then, you know, the other bigs haven't been doing a whole lot. Olenek had a nice game last game and uh, got on fire for a little bit from the perimeter. But everybody is um, – there's not as much flow as there was during the regular season watching those two games. Do you think that they recover, or do you think Chicago wins the series? Um, 
as long as the games are on TNT, I think Chicago wins the series. <laughs> they, win, they win every game on TNT. So, um, I mean, going back to Boston makes it harder. Obviously, I mean, going back to Chicago makes it harder for Boston. You know, if they can get a split, maybe they come back to Boston with a little, uh, you know, a little confidence. But they just don't seem to be uh, together and confident right now. So. Uh, I think game three is humongously big. All right, let's wrap up the Eastern Conference. Toronto gets the 106-100 win over Milwaukee. Uh, I talked to someone the other day who said that they uh, they saw Toronto just ran the same play like 85 times, just a high pick and roll at the top. They've just completely abandoned going off to the wings. Their theory was because of the length of of Middleton and Adetokounmpo and Snell and, and Brogdon that this team's just so long they don't feel like they can get anything on the wings. What have you seen in that series, and where do you see the edge right now? I think Milwaukee's in control. I think uh... – Except for a couple missed shots at the end of the game, Milwaukee wins game two. Um, I've been shocked all year long that Toronto doesn't throw the ball into their post player, who is one of the top five offensive post players in the league, I think. And um, I continue to be shocked by that. I mean, they're so dependent on those two guards making shots, and uh, now Ibaka bailing them out with with jump shots, you know, he doesn't post up anymore either. So it's easy. Uh, it's easy. It's easy for Milwaukee to guard him. If, if DeRozan can't make threes and Kyle Lowry's the only one really making, making threes. He didn't make them first game. That was a blowout. And then, um, uh, you know, he made some last game, but there's not, um, they're not attacking Milwaukee. I mean, I, even with length, you know, guys can get into uh, into players and get those shots up. You can create uh, help and pass. You know, guys following behind. Um, but if if you're going to pass the ball on the perimeter or um, you know, just stand around, stand around like they seem to be doing until they run a late pick and roll, then they're pretty easy to guard. So. Uh, I would, I would think as a coach, you'd like to pass the ball. And all analytics say that three points are a good shot, but a layup is typically eighty percent shot, and you get two points for it. And a playoff three is probably closer to thirty-five percent. And uh, if it's guarded, it goes down. So I kind of, uh, I kind of like playing inside out more, and I don't see Toronto using that to their advantage. You know, an interesting note you kind of alluded to there, Milwaukee has, a, I think, a flaw defensively. They allow a huge amount of corner threes. Over 11% of their opponent's shots is corner threes, which is higher than any other team in the league by a huge margin. And if you go to game two, Toronto was 6 of 10 on corner threes in that game. I, I, I wonder as the series goes on whether or not Toronto just might be able to continually exploit that more and more, and maybe that's why they're attacking from the top. But when they the, – the, they – rotate so hard on those traps on the ball and try to Milwaukee does and tries to get back and they don't get back to that corner three shooter. And as you just said, that's the, you know, that's the highest percentage shot other than maybe Valanciunas at the rim. Yeah, that's a interesting stat. Thanks for bringing that up. Take that for data. Take that for data. What does that mean anyway, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) 
don't know. It sound, sounded good. Made a good t- made for a good T-shirt, I'm sure. Right. It's going to be a good T-shirt. Though he had a better line in there, actually. I don't remember what it was now, but uh, it, it was, we're not, we're not going to let him rook us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That Hopefully was, that's a t-shirt too. So that is. Able, that's I might right. buy both of those. <laughs> well, I you know I have my um, survive the Bowling Green massacre t-shirt, so I'm okay. Um, okay. That was just an offhand reference to people on the t-shirt. Game. And since I just blew the flow of the show, let me take a second. I want to thank you guys. Uh, I've asked you over the past shows to send thank yous to Kevin Pelton and at Talk Hoops and at Lee Jenkins for being guests on the show, and you've done so. I've seen that. I can't thank you enough for that. It's unique to the audience of Lockdown NBA that you guys are willing to take a moment and thank our guests. I, I sincerely, sincerely uh, appreciate it. So thank you so much for taking that time. All right, let's, let's continue with the scout. You, you can't. There's no at the scout on Twitter. So just you're good this week. All right, so we uh, – Let's keep the East. But let me go back to Toronto for one more question on them. So, where am I missing on this? Because when the season, when the series, the playoffs started, I loved them. Like I actually think thought they were going to win the East. I just thought they had every versatile lineup. They could play a bucket, the five. They could play small. They could play Corey Joseph, Kyle Lowry, and Demar Derozan together. They, I thought they had PJ Tucker and Demari Carroll to both defend wing players. I just felt like they had every Corey Joseph. I like a little bit. Um, I, I just felt like they had every little piece that they could alter around the board as the series as series developed. What am I missing? If where is that not matter, or where am I missing on that, or is there a chance I'm right? Uh, there's always a chance you're right. I'm sure your wife would say the same thing. Or, yeah, no, no, no the, chance uh, of that. The thing I think is just that. They become they're so dependent on those two guys and those two guys have the ball in their hands all the time, so it's whether they're willing to to give it up and to trust their teammates to shoot the corner threes or or to trust the teammates by throwing the ball in the post or um I just see it's it's not so much a Russell Westbrook deal, but those two guys are so ball dominant that um I think that's a that's a big issue with them, and I think as we see with other teams, playoff rotations change, and coaches feel more comfortable with eight guys, and so those eight guys, somebody's going to be left out. Uh, T.J. Tucker is a tough kid and a good defender. Um, but he's a streaky three-point shooter. I mean, he's not a consistent three-point shooter. And then, you know, he missed two big free throws the other night that could have come back to bite him. Um, I think there's a lot of guys who the stage has changed a little bit. You know, some of those supporting guys um, that maybe haven't been in that situation. Carroll's kind of been a disappointment all year long. Um, and Ibaka is a... Is a floater, so um, I just they have a lot of pieces, but um, I, I'm not feeling them. I'm not. I don't trust them. All right, let's roll to the West. Thoughts on Houston, Oklahoma City? Interesting game last night. Um, really hard to watch. I changed the channel about midway through the fourth quarter just like I did through the third quarter of the Washington game because it was just hard to watch. I mean, Russ takes so many bad shots. He doesn't 
he doesn't trust his teammates at all. And then to see Harden finish uh, with a more efficient game just said a lot to me about the difference in the two players. And, and there used there was a time last year where you said the same thing about Arden that he took a lot of bad shots, but he probably has more um, more tools around him in the way they play with the three point shooters that they have. Because once Gordon got hot, that really put a lot of pressure on Oklahoma City and how they played. But I thought uh, Russ went hero ball, and it was really hard to watch. What's your thoughts of Billy Donovan as a coach? A year ago, I was convinced that his inexperience was going to cost the Thunder. They were vulnerable. The exact opposite happened. Uh, they, I'd say they overachieved this year. Everyone gives the credit to Russ. But w- what's your thoughts on Billy Donovan? Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's a question I've been asked before. I just... I don't know. I don't think he has the help he needs around him. I, I don't think their team is very good uh, overall. I mean, I think they made a great move to upgrade the team when they when they got McDermott and when they got uh, Taj Gibson, and I think that made them a better team. But, um, you know, if they don't ever get to touch the ball, it's, they can't be much fun to play with. Um, Oladipo... Is a streaky player, and so I just think there's a lot of things that Donovan has to do, especially when you're dealing with a talented player like Russ, who has the ball in his hands a lot. You're looking to manage him and try to manufacture shots for the other guys, maybe out of timeouts or um, you know out of set plays when you call sets, but. Russ doesn't let you get into sets very often. Uh, some of that's with his attack, but I think it's a, it's a really Russ is such an unusual player that it's really hard to figure out what pieces to put around him that are that are best. Um, it probably end up looking more like Houston, where there's just shooters all around. But I I see him uh, coach down and grasping at different times for straws, but I think it's a very um, organizational-led staff. And so, obviously, he's been um, directed into who are the best players in this matchup to play because he's playing different players. Kyle Singler played last night and hasn't played this whole year. I mean, so it's really – it's a – it's an unusual situation there. They're uh, very um, heavy-handed from the top. And so, obviously, like I said, I, I think he's in a difficult situation managing the people above him and managing uh, Russ and the other 14 players on his team. So I'll give him uh, credit for winning games while trying to do all that. Uh, this is really kind of maybe third level too deep, but it's interesting to me. Uh, the number one offensive five-man lineup in the NBA this year was the Rockets, Harden, Beverly, Ariza, Anderson, and Capella. And in the two games against the Thunder, they have not been able to score. Now, Anderson, I don't think he had a three yesterday, but and they've not made shots. Their effective field goal percentage is 39% as a group. Is that 
is there something about that lineup you think that Oklahoma City can do better defensively against that's not as good in the playoffs, or is that just a case of a group that just hasn't hit shots yet? That first group just hasn't hit hit shots yet. Um, I've seen them destroy teams in first quarters and um, all year long, but it's um, it's been different. Uh, I think the Oklahoma City starters versus the Thunder starters so far has been a a win, but the Rockets' second team has obviously uh, been a win, and that's part of what what they did in the off season. And by bringing Gordon off the bench has been uh, a real help for them. But um, they've they've devastated a lot of teams in the first quarter. So I think it's just a fact that um, you know they haven't hit shots yet. I don't know that Ryan Anderson is proven to be a great playoff player yet. Well, hopefully that would change in some ways. All right, Jazz, Rockets benefit. Jazz Clippers, thoughts on that series? Um, without Rudy Gobert, it's obviously been a, uh, amazing that they went in and stole game one. And it was great to see the veteran Joe Johnson step up and be Joe Johnson and then to see uh, Boris Diaw emerge from whatever coffee shop he's been in and start playing like a guy who's been in the playoffs and used to win, and um, that's been big for him. Joe Engel's been great for him, and I think Quinn has done a great job of, of preparing those guys. Is every, every time I prep for the Clippers, I think they're going to be great. I watch them. They leave me yearning. Any reason why? Um, I don't think that I don't think they're a quality deep team number one. Um, you know when you look at it, I know there's certain announcers who get caught up in stats, but they have a point <laughs> guard who's who's just year in year out is in the top one or two in assists. They have the one of the best four men in the league. They have the best prototypical defensive five player who rolls to the rim. You have the best defender in in Bamute and then you have one of the best shooters in in Reddick. So they have five pieces that are pretty good at each of their spots. You'd probably say in the West it'd be hard to find guys that you take over each of their starters. But then when you come off the bench there's a there's a real drop and they change a little bit of how they play. They go really, they typically go really, really small. And that can be an issue against the Jazz. Um, so I just think there's a, with that second group, it's it's hard. And when Rivers is available, um, not one of my favorite players, but guy who is tough and aggressive and he's made, you know, he's had big games in the playoffs. He's not afraid of taking big shots. Um, if he misses a shot, he's not worried about it, but he just keeps playing and he's a good defender. Um, but I think Jamal Crawford's starting to show his age. Paul Pierce uh, could easily be wheeled off in a wheelchair, even though he's one of my favorite guys, but he hasn't given us a whole lot all year. And, you know, most Bates is one-dimensional when he comes in. So they're... Um, I think they're really, really thin. 
Yeah, the Austin Rivers comes back. We'll help him. All right, X's and O's for a second. Chris Paul, high pick and roll. DeAndre Jordan usually. He comes, even if you force him to his left hand, he snakes back to his right. Jordan now rolls to the left side of the lane. J.J. Reddick's in that left corner, so you don't want to leave him. Is there any way to defend this? Um, same teams be very aggressive on Chris Paul and try to push him out. Um, hope that the poor man is big enough that he can take Jordan on the roll. Uh, but you put a lot of pressure on the, on those weak side two guys, but you're leaving out Bamute, who's a very occasional maker on three point shots. And then Blake, who, um, is an occasional maker on deep shots. So you can kind of plug the lane with those weak side two guys and hope that, like I said, that you have a big enough four man that can take and take away or an athletic four man that can take away that, that role at least long enough for the five man to get back. But I think being aggressive with Paul is big. If you can do it without fouling, but he's really good at when he reads that big, uh, coming out to, Hedge hard for a long time, or as Coach Igor Koskov would say, a two-second trap. If you can get out there and do that, he reads that big and gets into him and, and draws a lot of fouls that way. So it's a obviously a difficult play, but it'd be even more difficult if they had one more three-point shooter out there. We, I like the Igor Koskov reference. Those are, those, are always, those are always appreciated and honored. Great, great, great. Will will he be the first European head coach? Um, well, Spurs seem to be able to do whatever they want, play some people, so it'd be hard to bet against Messina, but uh, I think Igor could be a great, great head coach. All right. Uh, we All we mentioned was Rook and um, take that data or whatever, uh, any thought on Spurs, Memphis? Before we, they'll they'll be very offended if we leave them out. Um, I would anticipate Memphis playing very well. Uh, Spurs, I've been a witness to many bad games for the Spurs in Memphis, and you know, that's when Tony Allen has been healthy. But I think. I would anticipate a a Grizz win tonight and the Spurs end up winning in five. I just think they're playing uh they're playing really well and Kawhi Kawhi's pretty good. <laughs> All right. We'll leave we'll leave we'll leave it on that note. The dry humor of the Scout. Scout, appreciate it very much. Thanks for your time. Hopefully we'll chat during the second round. Thank you. Hope you love that insight from the scout today. It was brought to you by our friends at SeatGeek. Promo code LOCKED gives you a $20 rebate back after your first purchase. So download the SeatGeek app. Do that. Also, special thanks to our longtime sponsors, Blue Apron. 
Three free meals with the promo code L-O-C-K-N-B-A. I've told you about it. We've had a really nice time in the family adding Blue Apron into our routine. That Dell Computers I mentioned in the previous podcast this week with Lee Jenkins, that deal is still going on. 40% off all printers at Dell.com slash NBA. Use NBA as your promo code. Warby Parker, get the five glasses home try-on for free at WarbyParker.com slash locked and Indochino. The made-to-measure suit company with the promo code LOCKED, you get half price off your Indochino suit. Thanks very much for all tuning in. Locked on NBA will be back with you next week with something fun. And in the meantime, make sure you subscribe to your local NBA podcast via the Locked On Podcast Network to follow your favorite team every day. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare progressive direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.